0: Letter Four of Letters on England by Voltaire Edited by Henry Morley This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cheyenne Arrowsmith. Letters on England by Voltaire. Letter Four. On the Quakers. About this time arose the illustrious William Penn, who established the power of the Quakers in America, and would have made them appear venerable in the eyes of the Europeans, were it possible for mankind to respect virtue when revealed in a ridiculous light. He was the only son of Vice Admiral Penn, favorite of the Duke of York, afterwards King James II william penn at twenty years of age happening to meet with a quaker in cork whom he had known at oxford this man made a proselyte of him and william being a sprightly youth and naturally eloquent having a winning aspect he soon gained over some of his intimates he carried matters so far that he formed by insensible degrees a society of young quakers who met at his house so that he was at the head of a sect when a little above twenty being returned after his leaving cork to the vice-admiral his father instead of falling upon his knees to ask his blessing he went up to him with his hat on and said friend i am very glad to see thee in good health the vice-admiral imagined his son to be crazy but soon finding he was turned quaker he employed all the methods that prudence could suggest to engage him to behave and act like other people the youth made no other answer to his father than by exhorting him to turn quaker also at last his father confined himself to this single request namely that he should wait upon the king and the duke of york with his hat under his arm and should not thee and thou them william answered that he could not do these things for conscience sake which exasperated his father to such a degree that he turned him out of doors young pen gave god thanks for permitting him to suffer so early in his course after which he went into the city where he held forth and made a great number of converts the church of england clergy found their congregations dwindle away daily and the pen being young handsome and of a graceful stature the court as well as the city ladies flocked very devoutly to his meeting the patriarch george fox hearing of his great repetition came to london though the journey was very long purely to see and converse with him both resolved to go upon missions into foreign countries and accordingly they embarked for holland after having left labourers sufficient to take care of the london vineyard their labours were crowned with success in amsterdam but a circumstance which reflected the greatest honour on them and at the same time put their humility to the greatest trial was the reception they met with from elizabeth the princess palatine aunt to george i of great britain a lady conspicuous for her genius and knowledge and to whom descartes had dedicated his philosophical romance she was then retired to the hague where she received these friends for so the quakers were at that time called in holland this princess had several conferences with them in her palace and she at last entertained so favourable an opinion of quakerism that they confessed she was not far from the kingdom of heaven the friends sowed likewise the good seed in germany but reaped very little fruit for the mode of theeing and thou was not approved of in a country where a man is perpetually obliged to employ the titles of Highness and Excellency. William Penn returned soon to England upon hearing of his father's sickness in order to see him before he died. The vice-admiral was reconciled to his son, and though of a different persuasion, embraced him tenderly william made a fruitless exhortation to his father not to receive the sacrament but to die a quaker and the good old man entreated his son william to wear buttons on his sleeves and a crape hat-band in his beaver but all to no purpose william pan inherited very large possessions part of which consisted in crown debts due to the vice-admiral for sums he had advanced for the sea service no money were at that time more insecure than those owning from the king pan was obliged to go more than once and thee and thou king charles and his ministers in order to recover the debt and at the last instead of specie the government invested him with the right and sovereignty of a province of america to the south of maryland thus was a quaker raised to sovereign power penn set sail for his new dominions with two ships freighted with quakers who followed his fortune the country was then called pennsylvania from william penn who there founded philadelphia now the most flourishing city in that country the first step he took was to enter into an alliance with his american neighbors and this is the only treaty between those people and the christians that was not ratified by an oath and was never infringed the new sovereign was at the same time the legislator of pennsylvania and enacted very wise and prudent laws none of which have ever been changed since his time the first is to injure no person upon a religious account and to consider as brethren all those who believe in one god he had no sooner settled his government but several american merchants came and peopled this colony the natives of the country instead of lying into the woods cultivated by insensible degrees a friendship with the peaceable quakers they loved those foreigners as much as they detested the other christians who had conquered and laid waste america in a little time a great number of those savages falsely so-called charmed with the mild and gentle disposition of their neighbours came in crowds to william penn and besought him to admit them into the number of his vassals it was very rare and uncommon for a sovereign to be theed and thou'd by the meanest of his subjects who never took their hats off when they came into his presence and as singular for a government to be without one priest in it and for a people to be without arms either offensive or defensive for a body of citizens to be absolutely undistinguished but by the public employment and for neighbors not to entertain the least jealousy one against the other william penn might glory in having brought down upon earth the so much boasted golden age which in all probability never existed but in pennsylvania he returned to england to settle some affairs relating to his new dominions after the death of king charles the second king james who had loved the father indulged the same affection to the son and no longer considered him as an obscure secretary but as a very great man the king's politics on this occasion agreed with his inclinations he was desirous of pleasing the quakers by annulling the laws made against the nonconformists in order to have an opportunity by this universal toleration of establishing the romish religion all the sectarists in england saw the snare that was laid for them but did not give into it they never failing to unite when the romish religion their common enemy is to be opposed but Penn did not think himself bound in any manner to renounce his principles merely to favor a protestant to whom he was odious in opposition to a king who loved him he had established a universal toleration with regard to conscience in america and would not have it thought that he intended to destroy it in europe for which reason he adhered so inviolably to king james that a report prevailed universally of his being a jesuit this calumny affected him very strongly and he was obliged to justify himself in print however the unfortunate king james the second in whom as in most princes of the stuart family grandeur and weakness were equally blended and who like them as much overdid some things as he was short in others lost his kingdom in a manner that is hardly to be accounted for all the english sectarists accepted from william the third and his parliament the toleration and indulgence which they had refused when offered by king james it was then the quakers began to enjoy by virtue of the laws the several privileges they possess at this time Penn, having at last seen quakerism firmly established in his native country went back to pennsylvania his own people and the americans received him with tears of joy as though he had been a father who was returned to visit his children all the laws had been religiously observed in his absence a circumstance in which no legislator had ever been happy but himself after having resided some years in pennsylvania he left it but with great reluctance in order to return to england there to solicit some matters in favour of the commerce of pennsylvania but he never saw it again he dying in ruscombe in berkshire in seventeen eighteen i am not able to guess what fate quakerism may have in america but i perceive it dwindles away daily in england in all countries where liberty of conscience is allowed the established religion will at last swallow up all the rest quakers are disqualified from being members of parliament nor can they enjoy any post or preferment because an oath must always be taken on these occasions and they never swear they are therefore reduced to the necessity of subsisting upon traffic. Their children, whom the industry of their parents has enriched, are desirous of enjoying honours, of wearing buttons and ruffles, and quite ashamed of being called Quakers, they became converts to the Church of England, merely to be in the fashion. End of Letter 4 Recording by Cheyenne Arrowsmith